is the 90 Plus Podcast. With your host, Ben Rigetti and Sebastian Pereira. Welcome to episode 14 of the 90 Plus Podcast. Myself, Ben Rigetti, as always, joined by my wonderful co-host, Sebastian Pereira, on the other mic bringing you all the latest news and updates about everything Vancouver Whitecaps related. And we've got a bit to talk about. It's been a few days since we hopped on the mic. Some stuff has happened. Nothing huge, nothing major. Just moving on to the next round of the MLS's back tournament. The Whitecaps are looking to play Sporting KC tonight. Uh, that's going to be on at 8 p.m. Vancouver time. So be sure to give that a watch. I know I will be. Sebastian will be too. And Sebastian, welcome to episode 14. Thanks, Ben. Well, it's been a little bit of a while since we last recorded one of these podcasts, and uh, we were we were able to witness some uh, some great stuff from the Whitecaps. A great result the other day against the Chicago Fire. Uh, it was the perfect result, nonetheless. Uh, a perfect two 0 win for the boys in blue and white. And uh, I mean, you couldn't have written it up any better. Uh, and and now, of course, they're into the round of sixteen. They got a legitimate chance at. Um, powering through this tournament really I mean they've surprised a lot of people with that result against Chicago and the fact that they're in the round of 16 um besides teams like Houston and uh and like LA Galaxy you know what I mean I mean obviously LA Galaxy was wasn't very good in this tournament but they've surprised a couple of people and you know all the best for the Whitecaps tonight as they take on Sporting KC they're they're going to try and continue that good run of form that they produced against Chicago in that weather delayed match yeah and we said this before the tournament started that in these types of tournaments where you know you have the chance if you make it to the final of playing seven games in just a three or four weeks you know all it takes is for you to get on a bit of a hot form and some a hot run and all of a sudden you know you're turning some heads and that's really you know what the Whitecaps have in front of them before tonight's game against Kansas City. You know, we, by the skin of our teeth, we managed to get through to the round of 16 and it's single elimination. All it takes is 90 minutes. You know, it's 11 men, the 11 men. There's nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary here. It's just a, one game and you're moving on one game or you're going home. And I think Mark DeSantos got that message across in the Chicago game. Obviously uh, for those of you that watched it, there was a 90 minute plus rain delay and that, uh, obviously set the Whitecaps back in time a little bit. But, uh, you know, they came back after the break, pretty quickly after the break. They managed to get the exact result they needed, win by two goals, that 2 nil win. A pair of goals in just over five minutes with Sebastian, Yuri Reyna and Christian Dahomey grabbing the winner and eventually the deciding goal to push the Whitecaps onto the knockout stages of the Orlando-based tournament. However... Uh, you know, Kansas City, we've already faced them already this year. We did lose 3-1 in that opening day's uh, game back at BC Place back in February, which seems, you know, a lifetime ago at this point. But, you know, it's a familiar foe. Uh, and, you know, we're coming off of that momentum of that, you know, a really inspiring and brave sort of victory against Chicago. And if you're Vancouver, you know, you're just kind of asking for who's next. You know, you want to keep this going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you saw the... The last, I'd say, 15 minutes from the Whitecaps after they scored the two goals um, was something we haven't really seen from them too much this season um, and probably last season as well, too, because 
You saw Jake Nerwinski. You saw Russell Tybert, uh, Huang and Baum, Ali Adnan, just fighting for every single ball. And this wasn't like the ordinary like fighting. Like this was like legitimately like I'm gonna go there and win that ball. You know what I mean? Like they were absolutely 100% committed to the cause and you just saw the Whitecaps grind out that result and as you said Ben in the podcast um, in the last episode um, 2-0 is the most dangerous scoreline in football it, 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 it is like there's no doubt about it if, if a goal goes in the back of the net it's 2-1 and the other team gains momentum they can easily equalize right after that but in the case of the Whitecaps um, all they needed was to concede one goal and they were done they were coming back to Vancouver their flight would have been scheduled for the day after to come back to Vancouver and you have to give uh, all the players on that field so much credit and all they can do now is build from that and it's it's one of those moments that can give a team such a great boost in a tournament like this it, just because it's a three three game group stage doesn't mean you have to win all three if you lose your first game you still have a chance to make it through. And just because you lose the first game doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can't win the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we said that 2-0 was the, you know, the perfect result for the Whitecaps. It almost didn't look that way when uh, CJ Sapong looked like he scored in the 84th minute uh, after a somewhat lengthy VAR review. It, uh, it turned out he did use his arm to guide the ball into the net due to lots of pressure coming off of, I think it was Gutierrez and Veselinovic, I think the mm-hmm. two were. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think for the, you know, minute 90 seconds of when they were looking at the VAR, every White Cap fan was just thinking, you know, it's VAR has never been our friend. And yeah. it, would, it, 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 it would almost make sense if the White Caps lost their tournament and had, were forced to go home in, you know, such a devastating fashion. Obviously that San Jose game was a bit of a tough pill to swallow. And then that Seattle game was, you know, just one we prefer not to talk about. So it really would have sucked if, you know, we did get a win. But, you know, the way that we lost it so late after such a strong defensive effort, it really would have stung. So, you know, after a, a heart and mouth sort of moment, the Whitecaps were able to figure out that, you know, they were still up 2-0 after the VAR check. They were going to be moving on. And, you know, a handful of great, great performances by a pretty much almost every single member of the sky blue kit uh on just a few days ago yeah for sure i mean i think the one man who deserves a lot of credit is mark DeSantos. i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people can say what they want they can say the weather delay played a big factor in helping the white caps win and they they were able to go into a little bit of a break and get organized but still as a professional soccer team as a professional head coach you have to make the right changes and adjust to those changes like those situations yeah um and mark dos santos did exactly that he brings off uh of course christian dahomey was brought in uh for just Kamiri just before half time but um after the weather delay break he brings on yordi reina and uh of course david malinkovich is now on the field that christian gutierrez as well ali adnan moves down to left mid as well so it's all those changes work basically and I mean, I, I will be the first to admit, I wasn't very excited when the lineup came out. Uh, I don't think we saw a lot from Raposo and Bear going forward. Uh, there was, of course, a lot of uh, disjointed connections between them and the midfield at times. They didn't know whether to go forward. They, they didn't really get the chance to combine as well. But I think they did a really good job tying out that Chicago defense. And that only allowed for the success of Reyna and Dahomey to s- just – power through and behind 
Um, and of course, for Ali Adnan to play a key role in the left mid position where he was involved in both of the goals. And honestly, it was such a big performance um, when you look back at it from both Raposo and Bear because they ultimately allowed Dahomey and Reina to get their goals by tiring that Chicago defense. So, I mean, I, I, I wasn't a big fan of them in terms of what they created going forward, but they did tire the Chicago defense and that played a, a big role um, towards the end of the game. And all, all the credit can go to them and Mark DeSantis as well for getting it spot on. Yeah, I think you really nailed it there. I think Mark DeSantis had his best tactical game of the tournament without a doubt. I was a little bit uh, heavy on DeSantis after the San Jose game. You know, he didn't make a sub until I think it was about the 74th minute or it was some, somewhere around that time frame. And, you know, I like to... You know, if we've got five players that we're able to bring on, you may as well use them, you know. There's no point in having tired legs out there unless, you know, they're having a very solid game. So uh, I, was, I, was, I'm glad, I was glad to see that. And I, did, I do agree with you, Sebastian. The 5-3-2 that we saw, I was a bit skeptical. I was thinking that, you know, Raposo and Bear, you know, uh, Bear hadn't played a minute yet at the tournament, I don't think. And Raposo... Only you know, a couple. Oh, like in the came first game against San Jose. He yeah. came on at the end, yeah. And they're similar with Raposo where, you know, he just didn't have that sort of straightaway impact that we saw like he had in that Galaxy game back in March. But, uh, yeah, really, when Reyna and Dahomey came on, flipped the game on its head, he pushed Ali Adnan up to left mids. And I think that was a great fit for him there. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something similar to that tonight and moving forward in this season. But one other youngster that I really think we do have to give our hats off to, Thomas Hassall gets his first sure. M- first MLS start and you know he kept a clean sheet uh he you know I don't say dominated in the air the way McCrippo did but you know he did a pretty good job at filling some pretty big boots all eyes are on him a lot of the talking points are saying you know it's it's this 21 year old's first start in the league you know and it's a must-win game he's gotta you know he can't really allow many goals because the Whitecaps aren't you know famous for scoring goals so he had to really be on his toes and he was all that in a bag of chips uh, last game. <laughs> yes, for sure. You got his spot on there. Um, but, yeah, of course, uh, as, as MDS said post-game um, against Chicago, we, uh, us as the media can't put too much pressure on Hassel, um, and we'll try to do our best with that. But, again, it was a great performance from the youngster, and it can only meet for more promising results from him too. I mean, we all know that Yusuf uh, Daha, the uh, Whitecaps goalkeeper coaches and excellent teacher for uh, these players so we're only hoping for the best for Hassal and it really is his chance right now Brian Meredith unfortunately can't be here with the Whitecaps due to his situation but Hassal has taken this opportunity fully and you can only hope for better performances from him and you know with Kripo out for such a long time you really have to wonder, is Hassal maybe going to become the second-string goalkeeper take over Meredith? I mean, I hate to say that because, of course, Meredith's situation is uh, such an unfortunate one, yeah. and we haven't really seen him play either, but you have to say, Hassal's been great in net. He hasn't made... He's made a couple of mistakes, but those are learning curve mistakes, right? The, mm-hmm. You can only learn from those mistakes, and um, of course, you, you have to look at this as a, as a legitimate chance to really cement your place in a Whitecaps team without Maxine Propos. Talking about cementing a place in the squad, the centre-back battle, it's been you know, an interesting one, to say the least. You know, Andy Rose had a great game against LA. Uh, Eric Godoy, you haven't been able to see much of him. Ranko Veselinovic has had a great tournament so far. 
One player that's kind of been left out of the whole mix, Derek Cornelius. He got the call up and he was able to start in that Chicago Fire game. And, you know, he kept a clean sheet. I think he did a pretty solid job. He was I think massive. A, yeah, I think a lot of people were pretty uh, – I, I, I'll say skeptical again of Cornelius. You know, he doesn't have, you know, the most experience. And what we have seen of him hasn't been, you know, the strongest of play. He doesn't really fit the ball playing center back kind of mantra that MVS wants to use the way that Kamiri and Veselinovic do. So I think it was a, a, not a head scratcher, but I think it was definitely a, an interesting move. And a lot of people were curious to see how Cornelius would play. And like you said, he was massive. He had a very solid game at the back, very few mistakes. You know, it wasn't standout. It wasn't, you know, like, oh my gosh, like get this guy in the starting 11 every year. Yeah. You know, he, he, he played, you know, pretty well considering, uh, the circumstances and the fact that he's got a lot of competition around him for that center back spot. Yeah, for sure. And I'll be the first to admit that I, after the the Sporting KC game back in February, I wasn't too high on um, on Cornelius, mm-hmm. and I've I've been kind of critical of his performance over the past year or so. I will say he was an absolute beast for Canada in the game against the United States. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was in October. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was in October Somewhere around there. And um, and that was a huge game. Of course, Canada got the 2-0 dub that day. But um, all that I've kind of been asking from Cornelius is a, a lot more consistency because we've all seen the flashes. We all know he's a great defender. He's got great aerial ability. And I did notice that he, during the Chicago Fire game, he would really push the line a lot more forward and he would really command that back line. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a bit of a language barrier that Kamiri and Ranko didn't have in the first two games, but you could just see uh, Cornelius just pushing the line up and all that helped a little bit more, a little bit more calm, calmness at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canadian international led the defense with three blocks and insanely enough, he had 12 clearances as well, which is a team high. So I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see him in the starting lineup again tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about the subs, the attackers, the goalkeeping, and the defensemen. That's leaving just the midfield. Uh, we saw the, you know, the traditional threesome of Owusu, Inbaum, and Russell Tybert. And again, you know, it, I, we, uh, in the Seattle game, we did see Russell Tybert out left mid rather than central like we're used to seeing him over the last few years. And I thought he was probably one of the better players in that Seattle game. Uh, that's not really saying much, though. Uh, however, you know, he stepped and he came back into the middle of the field in that 5-3-2. He was just a classic center mid alongside, you know, arguably the, probably the best two candidates to, you know, play beside him. I, I think he had a great game, Russell Tiber. You know, he's really just kind of a box-to-box player. You know, we saw the sort of leadership that he had and, you know, uh, the, you, you saw the way and the emotion, you know, he celebrated with his teammates after they got that victory. And, you know, it was emotional for him. You know, it was a big victory for him and as you know, a kind of a sigh of relief almost that they got through, you know, under his leadership. He had a solid game. And I think the midfield had, I think that's the best complete game the midfield has played so far this tournament. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like utter outright, like super impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I would say they did, they are starting to get a little bit more chemistry. Uh, yeah. The three of them in bomb, uh, Wusu and Tybert. And again, Tybert's huge. He, he's been huge for the Whitecaps uh, all this year, really. I mean, there's one play that really sticks out to me from the Galaxy game back in March, and we saw something similar to that uh, against Chicago last week. It was uh, Tybert had just received treatment in the Galaxy game, and 
he was coming back onto the field and he just rushes back onto the field. He just sprints into the field and there's a cross coming in from uh, Christian Pavon uh, from the galaxy into the box and Tiber just runs straight into the box and heads it away with a diving header, like straight off receiving treatment from an injury. And he just heads it away. And he did something similar to that. Um, obviously, he didn't come off with any, 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 any injuries or anything. He didn't need treatment. But we saw him backtracking. And then he'd, like, just whip out that diving header. And he would save the White Cast from an impending crash from the fire. Um, so, again, he's, he's basically what this club is all about, Russell Tyber. He's, he really is the man. And uh, hopefully he – he continues those performances and he can continue building that uh, chemistry with Mbom and Owusu. So uh, as we do get nearer and nearer to that Kansas city game, we're going to keep this podcast a little bit shorter just so you guys can have a quick listen, but as in the, you know, the build up to that SKC game, uh, Sebastian, you're at MDS. We've, you know, we've applauded him for having a good tactical game uh, last week against Chicago. Are you making any changes? There is, uh, the one difference, Milinkovic, who didn't get the start last week, but he it does not seem like he's going to be available to play today. He did pick up an injury later on in that uh, Chicago game. So, um, yeah. So, Sebastian, uh, if we're looking for lineups here, what are you changing? Um, well, yeah, the, the injury to Milinkovic is unfortunate. I mean, he hasn't been, like, flashy in this tournament, but um, he has – he's a key part of this Whitecaps attack going forward. Um, and he has had flashes in the tournament, but he will be a big miss for the Whitecaps in this Kansas city game, whether that's starting uh, the, the, the game itself or coming out from the bench. He's, he's a difference maker for this Whitecaps team for sure. But uh, in terms of the, the lineup, I would, I would say it's a tough one to call because I don't know if MDS would go with the, the five, three, two, and try and tire out SKC again and try and do, like, something similar to what he did with Chicago, start Bear and Raposo up top. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, again, I didn't see enough of Raposo and Bear going forward. And we all know SKC is a team that can hurt you on in any part of the pitch. They got Gerso Fernandez, who scored a great goal the other day. Um, of course, you got Alan Polito, who scored his first Major League Soccer goal against the Whitecaps back in February. He's going to be a threat going forward. Um, and of course you also got Johnny Russell, the Scotsman, that's a dangerous front three, not to mention, you also got Gotti Kinda, who's was arguably the best player in that first game against SKC back in February as well. Um, mm. so it's going to be a tough game. I, I, I honestly don't know what to expect from MDS. I'm sure this is like the first time I don't know if I can like give you a starting 11, to be honest. I'm not sure. Okay. I'll, I'll give mine and then see yeah, if let's, you can draw the inspiration. Um, I'm thinking he's going to go back to having four at the back. Obviously, Thomas Hassall in net. Mm -hmm. uh, classic Adnan and Nowinski wing-back pairing. Um, and then I'm going Veselinovic, and I'm going Cornelius. You know, I think yeah. he you know, uh, showed up huge in that uh, Chicago game. He had a very strong showing. And, you know, at this point, you want, I asked MDS this before the tournament started, and he said, regardless of, you know, fitness or whatever, I'm going to play, like, the best available 11 that I have given to me for each game and based off of that last 90 minutes you you can't knock Cornelius's performance and I think mm -hmm. that's got to earn him a starting spot especially when you know there's no Andy Rose there's no Eric Godoy uh Kamiri's been you know so so this tournament uh I, I think it's going to be Veselinovic and Cornelius rocking the center back pairing out yeah, wide I'm sure. I am going to be starting 
You're going with a four four two. Classic four four two, yeah. Okay. Right wing, I'm going to start Raposo. I'm starting yeah. Raposo out right because obviously there's no Milinkovic. Uh, I'm going, uh, and then Russell Tybre out on the left. I think he did a great job against Seattle, uh, kind of holding a bit more of possession. And I think that's really what is going to be a big factor for the Whitecaps to win this game. I don't think we can sit back and hit Kansas City on the counter the way we did Chicago. We're going to have to get involved more and have a bit more of a say in the flow of the game. And so that's why I really think that tiebreak out on the left allows us to kind of slow the possession down, get set up, and really get that going from almost like a central midfield point of view, but basically mm-hmm. out on the left wing. Uh, and then you've got Repose on the other side for a bit more flash and flair and speed. So I think I'm going Tiber on the left with a, a Wusu and Imbom in the middle. Uh, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see Dahomey come on for Imbom and then push Tiber back into the middle. But I, I could see that being like a halftime substitution based on Imbom's yeah. performance. Then I'm going Reyna and Bear up front. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, Bear's got something to prove and uh, I, I don't think we can have Reyna as a lone striker. He just doesn't have the size. You know, we've seen him do well in the high press and uh, it, it's worked decently to some extent. Obviously, you are, it worked pretty well in that San Jose game, but uh, yeah, I think the high press is going to be a big one and you've got to have two guys up there and you don't really have anyone else other than Theo Bear, apart from sort of a sort of Christian Dahome, but I was really not inspired by that performance against Seattle when he was up front. So 4-4-2 with Bear and Reyna leading the lines. That's, you know, how I'm calling it in a couple of hours' time. Yeah. Could you see maybe Gutierrez starting? Like if Tybert doesn't get the start at left mid, could you see maybe Adnan pushing up and Gutierrez starting at left back? I don't know about starting, but I think that's easily a substitution that could be made mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, the possession isn't working and it is looking like we're going to have to, you know, hit him on the counter or just hit him with speed and power when we get the chance because that's not really – speed and power isn't necessarily Tybert's forte, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit more Ali Adnan's. He's a bit more kind of aggressive and brash and sort of a bit more straight-headed, I guess, in spear line. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Adnan – uh, being pushed up to left mid at some point. And obviously, if that does happen, Gutierrez is the obvious favorite to come on for left back. But I don't think start. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gutierrez played a few more minutes than he has this tournament. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I agree with pretty much your line of prediction. I mean, again, I this is like the first time where I don't really it's know a, a what we can call. expect. It's a hard call for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just I just want to give a little bit of a shout-out to Gutierrez because he was so influential in that performance against Chicago. Um, if you look back at the goal, um, I think it was the first goal, where Adnan got the ball and he sent Reina through, clear on goal. All that started because of a tackle in, in the middle of the park, and then Gutierrez picked up the ball. Mm-hmm. And he's put in, like, a midfield splitting pass to uh, Ali Adnan, and he was so free. It just allowed Adnan to drive forward. It's it's kind of what we've been missing, like, in terms of um, fluidity. Yeah. Like, in terms of play between the defense and then midfield and attack. Yeah. That's just, like, that all built together. That's, like, that's kind of what MDS wants this team to do, to just be so fluid in possession and just build up like that quickly and then just mm-hmm. create, a, create a chance at the end of the pitch just like that. Um, so, I I do think... Gutierrez will come out at some point during this game for sure. The question is when. I mean, yeah. it all depends on the result, how the Whitecaps are doing defensively as well. Um, 
but I think MDS is can we maybe see like a similar thing to the Chicago game where MDS is going to try and hold the result at like no no until halftime and then he brings out a whole bunch of changes can, can we see that again I think there's you know there's no question that you know we there's no reason that we can say we can't expect that you know it's uh, we knew that Chicago game, we needed goals, and it was going to be difficult to come by, especially con- sort of considering the striking options that we have sitting at home rather than down in Orlando. And I think it's going to be Happy birthday serious. to Freddie Montero. Is it his birthday today? <laughs> it's his birthday today, yeah. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, Freddie Montero, then. You know, hopefully you are enjoying you know, life back in Vancouver with your children. Uh, but yeah, I do think that you know, the, the, lack, the lack of striking options has sort of forced us into really needing to play with two strikers and it's forced us into uh and obviously the two strikers means one less in midfields or you know one less in defense that means we can't play five in the back or you know whatever else so I do think that sort of fluidity is it it, it is harder to come by when uh, you've got less people in the middle of the field that just means they have to work that little bit harder and uh, I think Imbom is definitely able to uh be one of those players in terms at least for making you know that big wave of substitutes I mean, it, it worked last time it happened. And if we do see ourselves in a similar situation where, you know, we do have five at the back and we're kind of looking like it's a slow and dull-ish game with, you know, Raposo. No, no offense to Raposo and Bear, but I, I think Jordi Reyna has been a little bit more kind of electric than them this tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think Mark DeSantos knows that as well. So whether he wants to sort of save, let Bear and Raposo do sort of the dirty work and, grind down and wear down that defense and then bring on Dahomey and Reyna and Gutierrez pushing Adnan forward and, you know, whoever else, you know, is an attacking option, then I think it would definitely be able to come by. So the formation is going to tell us so much about how MDS is planning to play this game. Yeah, for sure. I think another thing to, this just came into my mind just now, but I think another thing to keep in mind is the fact that the Chicago game was at, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Yep. And then now this upcoming game against Kansas City is at, I think it's 12, 11, 11? 11 p.m. in 11 p.m. Eastern time. So mm-hmm. I think that adjustment from being up in early in the morning and playing a game to now you're waiting the whole day and playing a game at basically midnight. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, that'll be something to watch for sure and see how the Whitecaps can react to that. Um, I don't – I wasn't at the press conference – or neither of us were at the press conference the other day, but I'm um, not sure how MDS will cope with that. I'm sure that will be a big part of the lineup and how he chooses to use that as well. Um, but I guess just if there's anything else we want to mention before we maybe dive into predictions. I was just about to say let's head into predictions. Let's kind of get this thing rolling. I'm, uh, I went first with the lineup. Sebastian, you can go first with the predictions. All right, sounds good. Um, I don't know. I feel like, again, this could go either way. Like, I can see this Whitecaps team coming out of the gates and not necessarily pushing forward and dominating the game, creating chances of chance, no. But I can see them, like, jumping out of the gates with a good defensive performance and um, putting in a shift and smashing, grabbing, like, the dub. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I could also see Kansas City just – putting it on the way catch you know what I mean like we saw their quality in the first game um Gotti Kinda again was insane he was so good in that game um who else was good in that game I guess uh 
we don't want Eric Hurtado scoring against us again. So yep. <laughs> he'll be someone to watch for. Um, but again, I'm gonna I'm thinking maybe uh, I think the most realistic result and what my gut tells me, not what my heart tells me, but my gut is probably a I'd say a three nil, a two nil Kansas City win. Okay. But what my heart tells me is uh, maybe a 2-2 draw and the Whitecaps went on pens or something like that. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was – my heart and my somewhat of my gut, my heart and about 20% of my gut is telling me it's just the Whitecaps are going to somewhat park the bus and just try to hit them on the counter and nothing's going to get through and it's going to be a penalty or like a, you know, a big – like VAR decision away yeah. from the changing the game. <laughs> Typical Whitecaps fashion. Um, I would obviously I'd love to see the Whitecaps win, and I think there's a, a de- pretty decent chance that the Whitecaps win if they can build up the momentum they gains against Chicago, and if they can really sort of rise up the way they did in that last 20 minutes. Uh, then I absolutely can see them walking away with the win. Whether it you know, but it's easier said than done. Actually, going out there and playing at 11 at night, and I'm still sure it's still going to be hot weather down in oh, Orlando. It's going to be hot as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Pardon me>. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do just think that it's uh, it, it's a steep mountain. You know, it's a what's what's the roller coaster at Disney World? Mountain something? Uh, space Mountain. Space Mountain. It's going to be yeah. a space mountain to climb. <laughs> if I remembered that, that would have gone over just so much yeah, like, perfectly. more fluid. Um, but no, I, I think it's going to be tough for Vancouver. Um, I, I'm going... I'll go 1-0. I'll go 1-0. I think Thomas Hassall is going to have another really good game and it's just going to be an, you know, a deflection or some damn zonal marking off a corner or something like that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd love to see it happen, but I can't see the Whitecaps walking away with the victory in this one. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. It's just, it's like you, you, you kind of feel like, hey, maybe they have this momentum going. Maybe they have like yeah. that feeling in the locker room to just it's just screw them going forward and something. Too many like maybe for me, for sure. But at the same time, you look at reality and you're like, okay, have the Whitecaps really been good in this tournament? Honestly, no. <laughs> I, I, I saw a tweet and it kind of hit me like how you know accurate it was. It said like. The Whitecaps have played about 11 minutes of good soccer this tournament and have advanced. And to some extent, I mean, I don't think there was, you know, much good possession in that Seattle game. We had, you know, mm-hmm. we scored two goals in a few minutes uh, against Chicago and similarly against San Jose when we inevitably crumbled. Uh, and again, that San Jose game, you look, 22 corners to zero, was it? Or 22 to four, I think it was. Yeah. Like you can just see that the way that the Whitecaps have played this tournament, it you know we've got the result, we've you know we have Needed. advanced, yeah we got you know the bare minimum, we have advanced, we're playing someone that you know almost humiliated us on our own turf on the home opener. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that Nowinski goal, I think that would have been a huge disappointing game. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I just it, it it can be done, and you know there's no reason the Whitecaps can't. But it's it's going to be really tough. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the one positive you could look at is the fact they've already played SKC mm-hmm. this season. And maybe MDS has some more tricks up his sleeve to maybe deal with the threats of um, Alan Polito, Gotti Keenan, those type of guys. Um, but, yeah. again, like you said, it's it's such a tough um, 
prediction to make because you could really see this going either way. Mm-hmm. Well, we will find out which way it goes at 8 p.m. tonight, Vancouver time, obviously. Uh, it's going to be a late kickoff for the players down in Florida. Uh, at the 90 plus Twitter, we'll be checking in on the lineup and giving our reactions once we find that out. That will be up at about 7.15 tonight. Uh, and then, yeah, stick around TSN. We'll find out, you know, the Whitecaps can push on, make the quarterfinal, see if we can really make a serious run at this and uh, how the formation plays out, how MDS plays, you know, the tactics and the substitutes and the formation and everything. So it's, we've got a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a good one. Any last words, Sebastian? Uh, well, just one last thing. I mean, the winner of this game plays uh, against Philadelphia mm-hmm. in the quarterfinals. So that's, that's, again, another tough game for the Whitecaps because Philadelphia has been turning the wheels lately over the past six months or so. They've just found their new identity. So, again, if the Whitecaps can find their, their gut feeling and really push through this SKC team, um, they'll have to face another tough team again in Philadelphia. All right. Well, you heard it here, Sebastian, with the news. I mean, I, I, it's out there. You may have, you know, known it already, but the winner yeah. does advance onto the quarterfinals of this tournament. They will advance to play the Philadelphia Union in a few days' time. Hopefully, it's the Whitecaps. We'll find out soon. We'll let you know on our next podcast here at 90+. Plus. We thank you for listening. Until next time.